y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about episode... No, that's not right. Are, <laughs> Season 8? We are, we are episode. talking uh, episode 8. <laughs> Season 23. Um, okay, so season... Eight. Now I'm doubting life. <laughs> Season eight, episode twenty-three. There we go. Okay, which <laughs> is the finale. Oh, that's right. Season eight. This is the end <laughs> of, of this season. Of this, yes. <laughs> uh, the title is called Sacrifice. So we start out carrying on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. <laughs> Every time I hear it, I cry now. So. <laughs> I don't, but I definitely, like, feel things. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel things deeply. <laughs> okay, so we are in a restaurant with Sheriff Jody Mills, who is, hey. I know, I was going to say, who is the shit. Um, <laughs> the she, actual shit. Yes. <laughs> uh, she is sitting at a booth in our, the restaurant um, when Nancy, a waitress, walks up behind her with a glass of red wine and sets it down in front of Jody. Nancy says, "On the house, sheriff." Jody says, "Oh, thanks, Nance, but I didn't order." And then suddenly Crowley is there. <laughs> Crowley says, "So." And Nancy quickly turns her head to see Crowley walking up and then back again to Jody. Nancy mouths to Jody, good luck. <laughs> Crowley says, what are we drinking? And he sits down across from Jody. Jody says, Roderick? I don't know if I said that right. Roderick? Roderick. Roderick? Okay. She says some <laughs> name that I cannot say. <laughs> and Crowley says, wow, Jody. Words cannot begin to describe the injustice that that picture does to you. Jody chuckles and says, come on. <laughs> Eating it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So um, time passes quickly as the two sit and talk, and then Jody smiles at Crowley. Crowley says, what? Jody says, look at you. The fancy career, the suit. I'm pretty much what I am, a small town girl. Crowley says, we do share something, you and I. Jody says, what? And Crowley says, loss. And then Jody's smile fades as she begins to think back to the time that her husband and son were killed. Uh, we get a flashback showing her happy with her husband and son, and then showing her husband lying in a pool of blood after her son turned into a zombie and killed him, and then... And everything <laughs> just went to shit. <laughs> it was all bad. <laughs> it was bad. Her son ate her husband, and yes. I just hope that that day never comes for me. <laughs> I doubt it would. <laughs> just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> Jody says, my son and my husband, how did you know? Um, and Jody has her hands clasped on the table as she asks this question. And Crowley reaches out his hand over the table and places it over her hands and gives her a gentle squeeze. You mother trucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Crowley says, I've lost someone too. Jody begins to cry and then stops. 
She laughs and says, it's not a date until I've cried. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you do you, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jody wipes a tear away with her hand. Crowley says, so, now you've cried. Right. <laughs> okay. Was that necessary? I, I don't know, think like, so. I, I mean, he what? says it kind of comfortingly and kindly, but... Um, still, though. Still, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was weird, yeah. So, uh, Jody brings uh, one of her hands down to cover um, the hand that Crowley had put on hers. And then we cut to Jody bursting into the bathroom in the restaurant. She walks to the mirror to fix her makeup. She says to herself, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. And then she What's chuckles. happening? Yep. <laughs> she digs through her purse. And then she says, I'm crazy. Um, cut back to Crowley at the table, unwrapping a piece of cloth that has a red symbol on it. Um, it has a small pile of sticks with yarn wrapped around them, which is never good. Okay? No, like, why do you need a little stick bundle, man? Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing with those? <laughs> exactly. Like, where are you putting that? You yeah. know? <laughs> are you lighting a small fire? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so he places. Um, uh, everything on the candle, uh, everything on the table, and a candle that is already lit on the table on top of the cloth. Crowley smiles, and then we switch back to Jody in the bathroom, who is putting on lipstick. Jody says to herself, "He's attractive, though, right? He's hot." <laughs> um, back with Crowley, he takes out a picture of Jody with a symbol on it on her face, um, with in blood. Again, not good. No, like, and, okay, what I want to know is how nobody saw his little, like, weird shrine at the table. (laughs) Nobody noticed that he was, like, you know, lighting stuff on fire (laughs) and, like, weird chanting over this sketchy cloth with a bunch of sticks. Like, how do you, how do you miss that, you know? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) maybe that restaurant is just, like, cool with that sort of thing. (laughs) They must be. Because, like. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) What you doing? (laughs) So he leans the picture against the base of the lit candlestick. He looks around to see if anyone is watching, and then he chants over the spell. Um, As Carly chants, we see Jody in the bathroom looking curiously at a hex bag that she found in her purse. She bends over in sudden pain. She begins to gasp and choke and gag in pain. While blood begins to pour out of her mouth and into the sink in front of her. Wouldn't you think, though, like, just in my mind, I was like, how did you not know, like, what that was? And, I don't like, know. She's, maybe she's just never encountered, encountered like, witchcraft. Yeah, I guess. And, like, thinking of back to her episodes, I don't think that's happened, you know, Probably in her not. presence. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so we switch back to Crowley picking up his cell phone as it rings. Um, the ringtone playing is um, sort of mixed a lot. I like big butts. And I cannot lie. You others can't deny. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I end that. <laughs> oh. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, yeah, nope. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm not okay. making a fool out of myself any more than I have to. You Thank know who's you. never heard that song is my son. And I'm wondering if that's a good thing or a bad thing. 
What do you mean he's never heard that song? How has he not heard that song? I've just never played that song for him. Like, am I a bad mother? I feel like no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some things you can just leave and it's fine, you know? Like, he will find it someday, I'm sure. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, so, um, and where did I just leave off? Uh, he picks up his cell phone. Um, into the phone, he says, you have less than one minute before a very dear, attractive, and slightly tipsy friend of yours snuffs it. Dean, on the phone, says, cut it off, Crowley. Crowley says, because? Dean says, because it's over, you son of a bitch. We want a deal. Crowley says, 30 seconds. And then we switch back to Jody in the bathroom as she falls to the floor on her side, gagging still. Dirty bastard. <laughs> I know. God, like, like to go through all that and then to have to like lie on a public bathroom floor, like that is crossing the line. I know. <laughs> Not because she's dying, but because she's lying on a public bathroom floor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man. Dean oh. says, We stop the trials and you stop killing. Crowley says, I want the demon tablet. The whole demon tablet. Dean says, fine, but then the angel tablet comes to us. Crowley says, on what grounds? Dean says, on the grounds that you're a douchebag, and no <laughs> douchebag should have that much power. Deal or not? So we cut to Jody, still lying on the bathroom floor, uh, with a bloody mouth, gasping for air. And we see Crowley about to pinch the flame on the candle. Crowley says, first, I need to hear two little words. I surrender. Dean rolls his eyes and looks off to the side without saying anything. And then we get our opening title sequence. Hey. <laughs> so we cut to a country road. It's daytime. Uh, the Impala drives along the road and parks behind Kevin's car. Kevin is digging. And <laughs> he looks behind him to where the cars are parked to see Sam and Dean get out of the Impala. Uh, the boys walk across the road and over to Kevin, who continues to dig. We see the sign over the hole that Kevin is digging, and it has a picture of a devil on it, and the words, Dave and Paul's Chili Pot Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a place I'd want to try, like, uh, yeah. chili restaurant. Yeah. I could do that. I could do that, too. I could eat some chili. I could always eat chili. That sounds really good. It also sounds really gassy. But, like, for the best purposes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> sounds great, actually. <laughs> so, Kevin comes out of the hole he was digging, holding a bag, and takes the demon tablet out of it. Dean says, you hid the demon tablet underneath the devil? Seriously? Kevin... How original, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin says, what? I was delirious. <laughs> And Kevin places both pieces of the broken tablet together, and they rebind into a complete tablet. He then hands it to Sam. Kevin says, you sure this is going to work? Sam says, what choice do we have? So Dean takes out the key box that holds the key for the mental letters bunker um, and gives it to Kevin. Dean says, all right, listen, this is a secret lair. You understand me? No keggers. I don't think, I mean, I'm sorry, does Kevin even know what a kager is? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Kevin says, 
I don't have any friends. <laughs> Which makes Aww. me really sad. Poor Cap <laughs> Dean says, yeah, well, just lay low. Who knows? You'll be a mathlete again before you know it. So Sam and Dean start to walk away, but Kevin stops them. He says, you guys, you're doing the right thing. Sam and Dean look at each other and then turn and walk back to the car. So we cut to a homeless guy holding a sign that reads, May God bless your donations. Welcome. Um, that sounded like I read it wrong, but that's what I put. So May God bless your donations. Welcome. Okay. Still sounds weird. So we cut to um, Castiel's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's sitting next to Metatron on a covered bus stop bench. Cass says, what was he like? Metatron says, who? Oh, God? Mm, pretty much like you'd expect. Larger than life, gruff, bit of a sexist, but fair, <laughs> eminently fair. The Nephilim was a monster, Castiel. Cass says, and the next trail? Metatron says, across the street. His name is Dwight Charles. I've been listening in on Angel Radio. Cupid frequency, actually. And he is the next on their list. Cass says, their list? Metatron says, to do the horizontal mambo. <laughs> Slap bellies. <laughs> and then he sighs when Cass does not understand. <laughs> oh my gosh, do I have to spell everything out for you, bro? <laughs> Metatron says, to find love. Cass says, oh, yes. <laughs> so they watch Oh, love. that! Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They watch Dwight sweep the front steps of the bar he works at called Doc Marley's Cocktails. Metatron says, well, that. He's slotted to be dinged by Cupid's arrow within 24 hours, which is good for us because the second trial is retrieving Cupid's bow. Cass says, no killing? Metatron says, no killing. So we cut to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, the Impala pulls into Bobby's junkyard and stops near one of the old buildings on the lot. Sam and Dean get out and walk up to Bobby's old car, which is overrun with weeds and dirt and rust, has plants growing through the engine. As the boys stare at their old friend's car, a voice catches their attention. It's Crowley. Hey. <laughs> he says, hello, boys. Uh, the boys turn to their right and see Crowley standing about 50 feet away from him. Uh, Dean and Sam walk towards them. Crowley says, what's that old expression? Success has many fathers. Failure is a Winchester. And he laughs. You think, like, here's the thing. is Some of his lines are pretty clever, but some of them are just kind of like, really, dude? You know, yeah, like, like, that was stupid. Like, yeah. okay. You know? <laughs> Crowley says, where's the stone? Dean says, you show us yours, and we'll show you ours. <laughs> Crowley says, really, Dean? I'm trying to conduct a professional negotiation here, and you want to talk dangly bits? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's right back at it with the good ones. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> Crowley says, the stone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slowly. And then Sam pulls out the demon tablet from inside his jacket. Crowley says, there she is. And he shows that he brought the angel tablet by opening his jacket and showing that it's inside his pocket. Dean says, and the contract? So Crowley pulls out a scroll that he throws out to unroll um, in the remaining 10 feet between him and the boys. 
Dean looks down at the enormous contract. He's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and you know with a critter like Crowley, you have to read everything. You have to read everything, word. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You Dude. don't just sign, you know, like no. Dean says, Yeah, I'm sure there's no hidden agendas in there. Crowley says, The highlights, we swap tablets, you stand down from the trials forever. Sam says, You stop killing everyone we've ever saved. Crowley says, agreed. Dean reaches in his jacket and pulls out a pen to sign the contract with. Crowley says, ah, 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 and he yanks the contract back a couple feet. He says, nice try, squirrel. Moose is doing these trials. Moose signs. <laughs> Dean says, no, no, he's not signing anything until I read the fine print. Uh, but Sam yanks the pen from Dean and says, I can read it. Dean says, hey, you wanted me here. I'm here, but I'll be damned if I'm going to let you screw us even more. Crowley says, what's this? Trouble in paradise, boys? And he chuckles. We got to our least favorite place, Naomi's office. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The angel Nathaniel walks into her office and stands a few feet from her desk. Naomi says, what is it, Nathaniel? He says, one of our freelancers has to reach out to us. Or has reached out to us. Sorry. Uh, He's found Castiel. Naomi says, where? Nathaniel says, a drinking establishment in Houston, (laughs) Texas. And Naomi says, what? Nathaniel says, he says Castiel was not alone. Naomi says, well, who was he with? And Nathaniel says, by the description, I think it was him. The scribe. So we cut back to Bobby's junkyard. Crowley says, you're going to move your lips the whole way up here, aren't you? <laughs> um, that sounds weird. I probably should have written that Dean is reading the contract. And <laughs> mouthing it the whole time. Mouthing yeah. it, yes. <laughs> and that's why Crowley is like, you're going to keep moving your lips. Okay. <laughs> um, Crowley says, you know why I always defeat you? It's your humanity. It's a built-in handicap. You always put emotion ahead of good, old-fashioned common sense. Let's have the big galoot sign it now, shall we? Is that, did I say that right? Galoot? I don't think I've ever had to say that word. Galoot? I don't know. How's it spelled? G-A-L-O-O-T. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I don't remember him saying it either. Like, I remember this, like, moment, but I don't remember, like, the word that he used, so. Yeah, I mean, he has an accent and probably said it quickly, so. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Okay, well, well, it's here. Okay. (laughs) Um, As Crowley speaks, Dean moves closer and closer to him until there's no more than a foot between them. And Sam walks up as Crowley finishes speaking and nods at Dean, who very quickly slaps a pair of handcuffs onto Crowley's right wrist. Crowley says, is this a joke? You realize all I have to do is, and he snaps his fingers, but nothing happens. And Dean smiles. Dean says, uh-uh-uh, demonic handcuffs, jackass. No flicking, no teleporting, no smoking out. Oh, and no deal, which pretty much means that you're our bitch. <laughs> Crowley says, fine, you want to play chain gang? Let's. And Crowley reaches over and punches Dean in the face. <laughs> Dean grunts. <laughs> I would probably not just like be completely silent if somebody punched me in the face. Oh either, no! So, you know? yeah, words, words would come out. 
Sounds <laughs> definitely tears. <laughs> I definitely have a few colorful words to say. Yeah. Um, Crowley says, you saddled yourself to the wrong bull, mate. And then Dean punches Crowley in the face again and takes the angel tablet out of his pocket and hands it to Sam, who is standing behind him. Um, Dean grabs a hold of the lapels of Crowley's jacket and shakes him. Which, I mean, what? Why are you shaking him like a baby, dude? Like, Okay, P.S. Don't shake babies. That was a bad no. joke. I, I take that all back. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Dean lets go and keeps talking. He says, I can do this all day. Because you know what? Damn, it feels good. But sooner or later, you're going to have to face it. You're ours. Which means that your demon ass is going to be a mortal ass pretty damn quick. Crowley says to Sam, what's he mouthing on about? Sam says, you're the third trial, Crowley. Crowley looks worried. We're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yep. So we cut to Doc Marley's cocktails. Cass and Metatron set out a booth inside the tavern. Cass is reading a newspaper. Uh, Metatron says, what are you reading? And Cass says, personal advertisements. Metatron looks at Cass, confused. Cass says, the faster that man finds love, the faster the Cupid will come. Trust me, I'm friends with friends who do this for a living. <laughs> so Dwight walks over to where Cass and Metatron are sitting. He says, help you gents? Cass says, yes. Would you say that you're looking for a partner in crime? Or uh, someone who's into nurse roleplay and light domination? Okay, but, like, does that mean that, like, little cast butts into the nurse role play? <laughs> I think it Is means... he having a Meg Steele moment? <laughs> I think it means he was reading, like, the personal ads in the newspaper, right? It seemed and they were oddly like, yeah. specific to me, though. <laughs> like, someone, like, cause it was like, yeah, somebody who's, like, dressing up, like, pretending to be a nurse or something like that is, yeah, like. She was a nurse for him. She did. OMG. Like, <laughs> This like th- this is one of those things that like solidifies Meg Steel for me. Like mm-hmm. all you Dusty L shippers can ship all your Dusty L, mm-hmm. but this is a Meg Steel thing for me. <laughs> like that's, so like, funny. that's you know like <laughs> that's who I ship with Castiel. Yeah, for sure. That's cute. <laughs> um, do do do. Dwight says, "Brother, it's ten a.m. on a Tuesday." <laughs> Metatron says, "Uh, we'll have two drafts, please." <laughs> Dwight says, "Coming up." And he walks away to get their order. Metatron says, you're not the most subtle tool in the shed, are you? (laughs) Uh, As Metatron says his last word, he is snatched up from a seat by a male angel. Um, As Cass stands up, he sees two other angels, both female, standing behind Metatron. And one of them is Naomi. Naomi. He just... You know, like, how many times we got to see this chick? You know, like, <laughs> I know. I mean, I love this actress. So yeah, oh, no. Fun, like, like, she does a good job, but, like, the character is not so likable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Naomi says, kill him. And then the other female angel walks towards Castiel uh, with a very serious look on her face. We hear a gunshot. Uh, Dwight has fired a shotgun. And everyone turns to look at him. <laughs> uh, we see bullet holes in the jacket of the male angel. Um, Dwight cocks the gun and gets ready to fire again. He says, next one won't wing you. Take it somewhere else. 
Suddenly, the male angel is behind Dwight, and he grabs him and slams his head on the glass of a nearby bar cooler. Um, Dwight falls to the ground. Cass says, let him go. Naomi says, haven't you caused enough harm already, Castiel? And Castiel has his angel blade out as he starts to walk towards the group of angels. Metatron says, stop, please. Castiel, we don't want to make this any worse, please. Um, and then we hear angel wings rustling, and we see that the angels have all disappeared with Metatron, leaving Cass standing there alone. So we cut to an abandoned church. It's daytime. Um, we see the Impala drive up and park at the church. Sorry, I like, I wrote a lot and crossed out a lot. Oh my God. Um, Sam and Dean get out of the car with Crowley. And go into the church. Um, they chain up Crowley to a chair. Dean finishes spraying a devil trap around him. And Crowley is still wearing the demon handcuffs. Crowley says, you really think this is going to hold me? That you're going to cure me or whatever it is? Dean, who is still holding the spray can, gives it one last shake and then tosses it across the room. Uh, he smirks at Crowley and walks away. He goes outside to where Sam is. Um, he's in the back of the Impala with the trunk open, preparing for the next trial. Uh, he's pouring holy oil into a jar. Dean says, he's primed. How you feeling? Sam says, I've got him all oiled up. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mind went. <laughs> it's fine. That's a weird mental picture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I feel like Mark Shepard... This, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like he is, like, covered in body hair. That's just, like, what I imagine for him, you know? Oh, I have no idea. I just know that, like, there's something about that character that you just don't want to, like, go there with. (laughs) 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 Okay, Uh, Sam says, honestly, for the first time in a long time, it feels like we're going to win. I'm good. And he chuckles. Dean says, all right, well, no dancing in the end zone until we're finished. Uh, What's the good father's playbook say now? Sam says, well, now we got the, uh, is that what he says? No. Now that we got the consecrated ground, I just uh, slip Crowley one dose of blood every hour for eight hours and seal the deal with a bloody fist sandwich. That should do it. Dean says, your blood's supposed to be purified, isn't it? You ever, uh, you ever done the forgive me father before? (laughs) Sam says, well, once when we were kids, which is why I have no clue what to say now. Dean says, well, I mean, I could give you some suggestions if you want. Of course. Sam says, okay, yeah, sure. Dean says, all right, well, I'm just spitballing here, but if I were you, uh, Ruby? Uh, killing Lilith, letting Lucifer out, uh, losing your soul, (laughs) not looking for me when I went to purgatory. (laughs) Sam interrupts him and says, thanks. Like, great. (laughs) (laughs) And he was uh, very frustrated with Dean at this point. He turns away and continues to fill a bag with items for the trial. Uh, When he's done, he picks up the bag and walks towards the church. Dean says, uh, or, hey, 
Hey, what about what you did to uh, Penny Markle in the sixth grade? Why don't you lead with that? Sam turns to look at Dean and says, well, that was you. I'm like, yeah, okay, like, nice try. (laughs) Dean takes a moment to think about it and then agrees. (laughs) He says, says, carry on. (laughs) So Sam goes into the church. Um, Once inside the pretty small church, uh, Sam walks into a confessional and kneels as he closes the door behind him. Uh, Crowley is just a few feet away, chained to the chair with his back to Sam. Sam says, okay, um, if anybody's listening, here goes. Um, we cut to Dean outside fiddling with something in the trunk of the Impala and we hear some angel wings flapping and Cass starts speaking, which startles him. Cass says, Dean, I need your help. Dean says, little busy, Cass. Pick a number. Cass says, I'm afraid this can't wait. Naomi has taken Metatron. Dean says, and you know Metatron how? Cass says, I've been working with him on the angel trials. Dean says, the what? Cass says, we're going to shut it all down. Heaven, hell, all of it. So we It cut. seems like a bad idea. Yeah. It's not very well thought out, thanks. Right. You know, like... Like maybe talk to like... One more angel besides Metatron about it. (laughs) Or uh, just anybody, you know? (laughs) So we cut to Naomi's office. Metatron is strapped to a chair. He says to Naomi, I know you. Naomi says, we've never officially met. Uh, Metatron says, Naomi. And he looks to his left and sees a bunch of torture devices on a table. Which is just great. Yay. (laughs) It's just like, I hope to never be in that situation. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Uh, Metatron says, your reputation precedes you. The archangels, Naomi interrupts and says, wanted me to debrief you after God left. Metatron says, debrief me. Is that what you call it? Naomi says, well, how would you know? You ran before I had the chance. But here we are. I just have one question before we begin. You had to know that we would leap at the chance to extract all of God's secrets from that head of yours, which is why I ask myself, why? Why did the scribe suddenly come in from the shadows? What are you doing with Castiel? Nothing good. (laughs) He's my boyfriend now. I know. Good grief. (laughs) Metatron says, of the blessings set before you, make your choice and be content. Naomi looks confused. Metatron says, not a big reader, are we? Naomi picks up the drill off the table next to Metatron and turns it on and starts moving slowly towards his face with it. I don't need to read. I just need to know how to use power tools. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Dean um, and Cass. Uh, Dean says, Metatron, the guy who was full on crazy, like, cat lady hoarder angel yesterday, now he wants to save heaven? Cass says, yes, he wants to. Uh, but I'm the only one who can. I can't fail, Dean. Not in this one. I need your help. Dean says, look, Cass, that's all well and good, okay? But you're asking me to leave Sam, and we've got Crowley in there, tied. Now, if anybody needs a chaperone while doing the heavy lifting, it's Sam. 
And very awkwardly, Sam is suddenly there. And I'm like, just right there. You know? yeah. <laughs> Sam says, you should go. My mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam says, seriously. Dean says, oh, what? And leave you here with the king of hell? Come on. Sam says, I got this. And if you guys can lock the angels up too, like, that's a good day. Dean says, look, I'm down with sending the angels back to heaven just because they're dicks. But the demons, this is on us. Start the injections now. If I'm not back in eight hours, finish it. No questions, no hesitation. Sam says, yeah. So Cass stares at Sam and Dean. (laughs) That was wrong. (laughs) I know words. (laughs) It's late. (laughs) It's late. I mean, it's literally 12.01 right now, but like... Holy shit, like, I usually go to bed at like 9. Yeah. That's fine. We're doing fine. Like, I'm like... 10 usually you yeah. know <laughs> okay um well Cass stares at Sam as Dean gathers items from his trunk um once Dean is ready Cass places his hand on his shoulder and we hear a wing rustling as Dean and Cass disappear uh Sam goes back inside the church and uses a needle to draw blood from his own arm um behind him Crowley smirks Crowley says, you really think injecting me with human blood is going to make me human? Did you read that on the back of a cereal box? <laughs> um, as Crowley is speaking, Sam walks towards them and injects him in the neck with his blood. Well, we're going to try and find out, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Crowley says, ah! <laughs> and he groans, and then he chuckles. He says, you're miles out of your league, Moose. See you in an hour. So Sam walks away from Crowley and towards the altar table. Um, as he gets closer to the table, he holds out his arm in front of him. Um, his arms begin to have that same, like, orange glow from before. The weird lava veins. <laughs> yeah. And Sam winces in pain. So we cut to the Men of Letters bunker. Uh, Kevin, Dean, and Cass look at the angel tablet. Kevin says, is this a joke? Cass says, no, it's the word of God. <laughs> Kevin looks up at Cass. Oh, and, serious. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin says, what? And Dean says, it's a tablet. All right, translate. That's what you do. Kevin says, okay, uh, it's the angel tablet, which I've never laid eyes on in my life. You want a translation in like six hours when it took me six months and a dead mom to translate <laughs> a piece of the demon tablet? He's just not... Wrong. Yep. He pours uh, uh, some alcohol into a glass. He says, and according to your own words this morning, this is not what I do. It's what I did. (laughs) You told me I was out, Dean. Dean says, yeah, well, Kevin says, and if this is going to be the guys like us are never out speech, you can save it. So Cass grabs Kevin uh, by his sweater and yanks him up sharply, <laughs> sharply causing his alcohol uh, to crash to the floor. Cass says, Dean's right. Dean says, Cass. Um, Cass holds Kevin close to his face as he speaks to him. Cass says, Just so you can hear me, you little snake. Yeah. <laughs> Cass says, There is no out. Only duty. I said duty. Yeah. <laughs> duty. <laughs> yeah. 
Kevin says, get the hell off me. Cass says, you are a prophet of the Lord, always and forever, until the day you cease to exist. And then another prophet takes your place. Now, are you clear as to the task before you? Kevin nods. Cass says, then do it, and let's go. And Cass and Dean disappear from the bunker, leaving Kevin to do as he has been told. So we cut back to the abandoned church. Um, there's a cross on the wall that only has the hands and feet left on it, which is super creepy, and everyone needs to know. <laughs> like, I found that creepy. <laughs> okay. Uh, we see Sam standing in front of the altar table and looking at his watch, and then he turns around to face Crowley, walks towards him with the needle filled with his purified blood, and then he sticks Crowley in the neck with it. Again, um, Crowley uses the opportunity to bite a big chunk of flesh from Sam's arm. Ow. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, what the hell, Crowley? And then Sam punches Crowley hard in the face. He says, biting? Seriously? And then Sam walks away like, and How the old church. are we? You know, like, <laughs> exactly. Come on, dude. <laughs> so Crowley has Sam's blood in his mouth, um, and he spits the blood into his hand and starts chanting. Um... Which can never be good. No. Um, as Crowley chants to the blood, it begins to move. A little bubbly. Yeah, he's got a little blood bowl in his hand. <laughs> uh, Crowley says, for the love of everything, whoever is hearing this, if anyone is hearing this, this is your king. Send help immediately. <laughs> and then Crowley nervously looks over his shoulder to see if Sam has come back in. So we cut back to Doc Marley's cocktails. It's nighttime now. Dean is sitting at the bar watching a hunter on the bar's TV aim his bow at the TV screen. Um, Cass walks in the door that's behind Dean and sits on the stool next to him. Dean says, anything? You've been gone long enough. Cass says, no, there was one female, but... Dean says, what? Cass says, I don't think she was female. Anything here? <laughs> she was, but also... Which... It's totally okay. Which, whatever, no, yeah. but he's like, I don't think this is what, I, I don't know what to do, you know, yeah. like. Uh, Cass says, anything here? Dean says, free drinks. Your uh, buddy over there thinks you saved his life. Cass says, do you really think it's wise to be drinking on the job? Dean says, what show have you been watching? <laughs> A little bit of wall breaking there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I liked that. Was... <laughs> yep. Kick that one down. <laughs> Dean says, talk to me. Are you sure about this? I mean, it's one thing me and Sammy slamming the gates to the pit, but you, you're boarding up heaven and you're locking the door behind you. Cass says, yeah, I know. Dean says, you did a lot of damage up there, man. You think they're just going to let that slide? Cass says, do you mean, do I think they'll kill me? Yeah, they might. Dean says, so this is it? E.T. goes home? Like, <laughs> What are you doing, man? <laughs> Dean looks at Cass and smiles, but realizes that Cass did not get that joke. So he rolls his eyes, and then he hears someone enter a door at the other end of the bar. Um, they both look to see a woman come in and walk up with a beer delivery to give to Dwight. Dwight says, hey there, where's Ed? Um, the woman's name is, uh, Gail, which she is just about to say, so I shouldn't have said that. Eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gail says, flu, I'm Gail. Dwight says, well, okay then. 
Dean says, showtime. <laughs> Dwight says, let me give you a hand. Gail says, oh, thanks. Oh, you're a real gentleman. And then Gail looks at another man sitting at the bar and smiles. She says, hey. Dean says, holy crud. This is like the first five minutes of every porno I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Dean's probably seen a lot when you think about it. Oh, I'm sure (laughs) he's seen quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So Gail hands a pen to Dwight to sign for the beer. She says, thanks. And Dwight signs. And then he introduces Gail to the man at the bar. He says, Gail, Rod. Rod says, ma'am. Dwight. (laughs) Stewart. God, Stuart. <laughs> oh, God. No. Uh, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, Dwight says, um, Rod rides a stool here most days. Gail places a hand on each man's shoulders and smiles. She says, I'll be seeing you both. She smiles and gathers her clipboard and starts to leave. She says, thanks for the help. Dwight says, no problem. So Gail leaves the bar, and Dean stares at the whole scene confused because he thought Gail was going to be the person that Dwight was going to match with. Dwight and Rod stare at the hunter on TV as he displays the use of his bow. Both men at the same time say, damn, that's sweet. After they say the same thing at the same time, they stare into each other's eyes, and music plays. (laughs) Isn't it like harp music or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was so funny. It was just like, ah, you know, like, okay. <laughs> Dwight says, how about the next one's on me? So we cut to the abandoned church. Crowley says, how are we doing, Moose? Ain't it about time for the next love injection? And he begins to sing. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face the strange. <laughs> As Crowley sings, uh, Sam turns away from him and faces the altar table. And as he does, his arm begins to do the whole glowy orange thing again. Um, the church begins to rumble and shake. And Sam turns quickly to face Crowley, who seems to be unalarmed by what's happening. Uh, the floorboards begin to crack until they reach the demon trap that Dean spray-painted around Crowley. The crack breaks the trap. Crowley says to Sam, uh, did you really think you could kidnap the king of hell and no one was going to notice? Patient with dumb nuts? <laughs> doesn't really make sense, but fine. Wait, pa- what did you say? Pa- patient with dumb nuts? I don't know. Um, yeah, I question my note taking here. But- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know what it means. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, no clue. <laughs> I, I must have gotten that wrong but anyway um the door to the church bursts open and abaddon enters abaddon says hello boys crowley says that's my line and then he says abaddon so salty i know (laughs) they told me you were dead abaddon says so not crowley says and the rest of the calvary abaddon says oh no it's just little old unkillable me Sam reaches behind him for his gun that's sitting on the altar table, but Abaddon uses her demon power to toss Sam across the room to the church wall. Um, he didn't say whether he was knocked out or not, but we're just going to assume he is. He's always knocked out. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> How could it be a finale without Sam getting knocked out at least once? <laughs> That's true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Crowley watches and smiles. Um, the gun fires. Oh, so Sam is not knocked out. The gun fires, um, but hits no one. Sam groans in pain and then moves to stand up. Crowley says, brilliant. Why send in a few grunts when you can just send in a knight? Say your prayers, Moose. And Abaddon uses... Like, Go get him! <laughs> <laughs> Abaddon uses her powers to toss Sam through a window that's behind him. Crowley smiles and says, That'll do. Undo these. I'll kill him myself. Abaddon marks uh, from behind Crowley and faces him with a smirk on her face. She says, That was an order, was it? Crowley says, I am your king. Abaddon says, about that. Mm -hmm. And she punches Crowley in the face. I didn't vote for him. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Help, help, I'm being repressed. (laughs) Come see the violence inherent in the system. Uh, Okay, I had to do that whole Monty Python moment. I had to have it. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so we cut back to the tavern. Uh, Dean and Cass wait for Gail outside. She walks out. Gail says to Cass, hello, brother. Cass pulls out his angel blade and advances towards Gail, and she steps back, surprised. Cass says, give us your bow. Gail says, what? Uh, Dean says, yeah. Dean why says, don't you ask nicely? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dean says, well, well, well. Hey. And he steps in front of Cass uh, to stop him from hurting Gail. Dean says, talk first, stab later. <laughs> and then we cut back to the abandoned church. Um, Stabby McStabberson over there. Yeah. <laughs> Abaddon punches Crowley in the face again. She says, do you know what I find the most shocking about time traveling through a closet and landing in the year 2013? And then she punches Crowley uh, very hard several times. Um, the last punch is so hard that his chair falls over and Crowley falls on his face. Abaddon says, somebody thought it was a good idea to make you the king of hell. Crowley says, you know what that boy's trying to do, right? He's trying to shut the gates of hell. Abaddon says, right. Now you and I are going to talk about a regime change. Crowley says, you little whore. I'm your king. <laughs> but, uh... Abaddon kicks Crowley in the face hard enough to knock him out. As Pretty she, good. Yeah, right? That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. As she turns around, she sees Sam standing behind her, and he tosses the oil that he poured into the jar earlier on her. Sam says, I love the suit. And then he quickly lights a match and tosses it on Abaddon, and she bursts into flame. She begins to scream as she burns. I yeah. mean... As one would, you yeah. know? <laughs> yes. Abaddon smokes out of her vessel, and the smoke goes out the window. So we cut back to outside the tavern. Uh, Gail says, I've been afraid to go home for some time now. Orders used to come once a day. Now it's chaos. It all seems to be breaking down. And you think you can fix that? Cass says, with time, yes. Gail says, take it then. And she holds out her hand with her palm facing up. And a Cupid's bow appears in the center of it, like a tattoo. Cass holds up his angel blade like a knife. Um, So did he just, like, cut it off her hand? Because that's where the scene ends. I think that's what we're supposed to think. Okay. 
At least, yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like to me. Okay. <laughs> like, why would you need your knife if you were just going to, like, transfer it or something? Right, you right, know? right. Yeah. So we cut to Naomi's office. Uh, Metatron is still trapped to the chair. Um, he has blood coming out of his left eye. Metatron says, you've been digging. Naomi says, why are you doing this? Metatron says, do you have any idea what it would be like to be plucked from obscurity? To sit at God's feet? To be asked to write down his word? The ache I felt when he was gone. Telling myself, Father's left. But look what he's left us. Paradise. But you and your archangels couldn't leave well enough alone. You ran me from my home. Did you really think you could do all that to me and there'd be no payback? And then we hear angel wings rustle as Naomi disappears. Metatron looks at the bloody drill on the table next to him and smiles like a fucking psycho. I mean, it's not far off. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to the abandoned church. Sam places Crowley back to an upright position in his chair. Crowley says, you did good back there, Moose. I'll deny it if you ever quote me, but I'm a proud man. I'm proud of you. Sam picks up the spray can to uh, fix the demon trap. Sam says, thanks. Crowley says, hold on, what's that? Sam says, it's what it looks like. And he repaints the trap. Crowley says, are you joking? I just saved your life. Sam laughs and says, seriously? I'm like, um, and you've caused me a lot more grief than <laughs> yeah. what this moment can fix. So, yeah. you know, like... Crowley says, <laughs> Seriously? Me? Seriously? We just shared a foxhole, you and I. We'd be back the Tet Offensive. Outrun the rape of Nanking together. And you're still going to do me like this? Why do you seem so shocked, bro? I know. <laughs> what was, what also, what happened? Totally not comparable to those things you're talking about. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, nice try, but yeah. not really. Yeah. So Sam looks over to Crowley and pulls his head to the side and sticks the needle into his neck as Crowley yells in pain. Crowley says, ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> he, says, he says, Band of Brothers? The Pacific? None of this means anything to you? Nope. All those motels? You never once watched HBO? Not once? Girls, you're my Marty Moose. And, and Hannah, she just, she needs to be loved. She deserves it. Don't we all? You? Me? We deserve to be loved. I deserve to be loved. I just want to be loved. And Sam looks at Crowley Like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This might be working too well. (laughs) Sam says, what? (laughs) Crowley Crowley seems to be uh, confused by everything he just said. (laughs) Crowley uh, says, (laughs) yeah. Can we just forget that this never happened? Crowley says, what? And Sam looks uh, very drained as he has a bandage around his arm where he's been taking the blood from. Um, So he gets more blood from his arm and winces in pain as he does it. Crowley says, would it be possible, Moose? I'd like to ask you a favor. Sam, earlier, when you were confessing back there, what did you say? I only ask because, given my history, it raises the question. 
where do I start to even look for forgiveness? I mean, Sam says, how about we start with this? And he holds the needle out to show that, um, what did I write here? He holds out a needle to show that's what he means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Crowley tilts his head to the side um, to take the injection. So Sam sticks the needle in Crowley's neck, and Crowley shows no pain, but rather seems to be content with the whole thing. So they cut to Kevin. He's on the phone with Dean. He says, I think I found the angel trials, but I don't see anything about a Nephilim or a Cupid's bow or anything like that. Um, so Dean and Cass walk through a parking lot while Dean is on the phone with Kevin. Dean says, oh, come on, Kev. We're on the one-yard line here. Kevin says, okay, and I should have mentioned this six months ago, but the sports metaphors, you want to motivate me, like magic cards, Skyrim. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Aziz Ansari? I don't know, yeah. I don't know what that is. But, yeah. I probably said it all wrong, but... I think I would assume maybe a video game because I think the other ones are. Yeah, I think well, magic cards are. Well, are magic card isn't. Games, but, yeah, magic but, isn't. But Skyrim, I, I, I don't actually know for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I would. I know people. I've heard people talk about it. I think it's a video game. I think so too. Or yeah, I just I'm not positive, but I think yeah. So, yeah. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, "What? Yeah, I don't know what those words mean." <laughs> Uh, and then Cass hears angel wings wafting behind him, so he turns and sees Naomi. Uh, Naomi says, I'm not here to fight you, Castiel. Dean, hearing Naomi, turns around and stops talking to Kevin on the phone. Uh, He's Kevin, like, I'm a cut a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yep. uh, Kevin stays on the phone, but Dean drops it down to his side. Kevin says, Dean? Naomi says, not anymore. Kevin says, Dean? Cass says, where's Metatron? Naomi says, he told you he was going to fix heaven, didn't he? Murdering a Nephilim, cutting off a Cupid's bow. It's a lie, all of it. I've been in his head. Cass says, you've been in all of our heads. That's the problem. You traitor. <laughs> exactly. Um, Naomi says, no, Castiel, you're wrong. Cass shakes his head and says, this is what you do. You twist things. I'm trying to fix heaven. Metatron is trying to fix heaven. Naomi says, Metatron isn't trying to fix anything. He's trying to break it. An act of revenge for driving him away. Dean says, break it how? Cass says, Dean. Naomi says, expel all angels from heaven, just as God casts out Lucifer. Dean says, cast you out? To where? Hell? Naomi shakes her head and says, here, thousands of us walking the earth. Cass says, lies. <laughs> and he starts like, to charge. Yeah, nice <laughs> yeah, he starts to charge at Naomi with his angel blade, and Dean grabs his arm to stop him. Dean says, "Wait." Naomi says, "Our mission was protect was to protect what God created." I don't know when we forgot that. I want nothing more than to see you shut the gates of hell. But I told you that you can trust me. If Sam completes those trials, he is going to die. Dean says, "What the hell are you talking about?" Naomi says, I saw it in Metatron's head. It was always God's intention, the ultimate sacrifice. As for you, Castiel, I beg of you, stop his path. Metatron has been neutralized. If you want back in, truly, I will listen. And then more angel wing wafting as Naomi disappears. 
So Dean starts talking to Kevin again on the phone. He says, hey, right now, talk to me. Is she lying? Kevin says, I don't know. Dean says, well, find out. Kevin says, no, Castiel. <laughs> what the heck, dude? <laughs> yeah, Castiel says, she's lying. Dean says, take me to him. Cass says, Dean. Dean says, take me to him now. So we cut to the abandoned church. And as Sam exhales sharply as he starts to chant the words to purify Crowley. Um, and then he does the exorcism. Then Sam tosses the book he was reading the words from behind him and takes out his knife. He begins to slice open his palm as the orange glow reappears. Dean and Cass appear outside the church and Dean starts walking in when Cass calls out to him. Cass says, Dean, I'm not wrong. I'm going to fix my home. And then angel wings flap and Cass disappears. <laughs> Dean says, Cass! Um, back inside with his hand glowing orange, Sam walks towards Crowley and is about to place his hand on him when Dean stops him. Dean says, Sammy, stop! We cut to Naomi's office. Cass appears and sees her lying dead with her head on her desk and the drill she used on Metatron shoved into the back of her head. Uh -oh. Yeah. I mean, good, but, like, also, like, concerning. Yeah. I mean, like, nobody liked her, but also, that means that somebody got the jump on her. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's the person you should be worried about yeah. now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I need a drink of water. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you can't have liquid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um... Bum, bum, bum. Um, Metatron appears behind Cass, and Cass turns to face him. Um, Metatron holds his angel blade to Cass's neck. Metatron says, she told you I lied, didn't she? You should have listened to the bitch. So we cut to the abandoned church. Dean, uh, with his hands up, walks slowly towards Sam. Dean says, easy there. Okay, just take it easy. We got a slight change of plan. Sam says, what? What's going on? Where's Cass? Dean says, Metatron lied. You finished this trial. You're dead, Sam. Sam says, so? He's just like, what? Dude, I already feel like death. Like, you know. That, like, really bothered me that Sam was like, so fucking what? Like, yeah, like, okay, like, yeah. Like, there's there's reasons that you should not die, Sam. Like, I know, like, like, like maybe because you just shouldn't, first of all. But, like, you know, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, that kind of broke my heart. Um, so we cut back to Naomi's office. Cass is strapped to the torture chair. He says, you promised. Metatron says, shh. Castiel, I want you to stop thinking about master plans, heaven and angels, and all this. That does not concern you anymore. As Metatron talks to Cass, he slams his head back on the headrest of the chair. And Metatron pulls out his angel blade and holds it to Cass's neck. Metatron then cuts into Cass's neck uh, shallowly um, and Cass's glowing grace seeps out through the cut. I almost said the cut or the cusp. Which... I sound like you were going to say cup to me. <laughs> I was going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, losing his grace. <laughs> Not good. Metatron says... He's leaking! I know! Poor guy. <laughs> Metatron says, These were never trials, Castiel. This is a spell. And what I'm taking from you now, your essence, your grace, is the last piece. 
Metatron holds a small vial to Cass's neck, and his grace uh, spills into the vial. Metatron then That just him. sounds kind of like... <laughs> spermy? Yeah! <laughs> the like, whole thing sorry. seems spermy to me. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Anyway. <laughs> um, Metatron then places a hand over Cass's cut, and the cut disappears. Uh, Metatron says, and now something wonderful is going to happen for me and for you. I want you to live this new life to the fullest. Find a wife. Make babies. And when you die and your soul comes to heaven, find me. Tell me your story. Cass says, huh? <laughs> like, um, I think he's off his rocker. <laughs> yep. Help. <laughs> Metatron says, now go. And a bright light surrounds the room as Metatron places his hand on Cass's head. Uh, we cut to the abandoned church. Sam says, look at him. Look at him. Look how close we are. Other people will die if I don't finish this. Dean says, think about it. Think about what we know, huh? Pulling souls from hell. Curing demons. Hell, ganking a hellhound? We have enough knowledge on our side to turn the tide here. But I can't do it without you. Sam says, you can barely do it with me. <laughs> I mean, okay, you can... <laughs> like truth time, I guess. Uh, yeah. Like, damn, dude. <laughs> that's what that's what you do in finales. <laughs> Sam says, "I mean, you think I screw up everything I try? You think I need a chaperone? Remember?" Dean says, "Come on, man, that's not what I meant." Sam says, "No, it is exactly what you meant. You know what I confessed in there? What my greatest sin was? It was how many times I let you down." I can't do that again. Dean says, Sam. And then Sam begins to cry, which means I also begin to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, what happens when you've decided I can't be trusted again? I mean, who are you going to turn to next time instead of me? Another angel? Another, another vampire? Do you have any idea what it feels like to watch your brother just... Dean interrupts and says, hold on, hold on. You seriously think that? Because none of it, none of it is true. Listen, man, I know we've had our disagreements, okay? Hell, I know I've said some junk that set you back on your heels. But Sammy, come on. I killed Benny to save you. I'm willing to let this bastard and all the sons of bitches that killed Mom walk because of you. Don't you dare think that there is anything, past or present, that I would put in front of you. It has never been like that. Ever. I need you to see that. I'm begging you. Sam says, how do I stop? And Sam squeezes his hand as the blood drips out onto the floor and the orange glow is a little brighter, uh, but then starts to fade. Dean says, just let it go. Sam says, I can't. It's in me, Dean. You don't know what it feels like. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just the way he said that. I should admit that. the episode or just while I said it I think 
I think just when you said it, <laughs> did I feel that way during the episode? I think I might have had a little <laughs> moment, but like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little penetration. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I need a drink <laughs> okay um, so Steen wraps a bandana around Sam's cut he says hey listen we'll figure it out okay just like we always do come on and Dean grabs Sam and pulls him in for a very tight hug which is adorable <laughs> Dean says come on let it go okay let it go brother and then the orange glow in Sam's arm starts to fade Sam backs away from Dean to look at his arm. He says, hey, Dean. <laughs> Dean says, see? Look what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did a thing. <laughs> um, but then Sam, like, doubles over in pain. Dean brings Sam outside of the church. Uh, he says, Sam, I got you, little brother. You're going to be just fine. And Sam groans and falls to the ground next to the Impala. Dean says, Sam? Sam? Dean says, Cass? Castiel, where the hell are you? So we cut to Cass. Uh, he is lying on the ground on some leaves. He wakes up. Uh, we cut to the bunker. Kevin is walking um, upstairs. Uh, looks like he's headed for the door. He's got a backpack on. And he's like, piss out, bitches. Exactly. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. <laughs> you know, like... Yep. And he looks around as the machines inside the bunker start turning on by themselves and lighting up. We cut to Cass, who is walking through a wooded area as he looks up at the sky. We cut to Kevin. More machines turn on inside the bunker and a lot of buttons light up. We cut to the boys. Dean says, Sammy! Sam gasps in pain. Cut back to Kevin. Um, there's an alarm blaring inside the bunker. Kevin looks around confused and sees that the table map on the level below him um, has spots on it that have started to light up all over. We cut back to the boys. Uh, Dean looks up to the sky and sees lights falling to the ground, um, which is beautiful, actually. Mm-hmm. We cut to Cass, who is standing... Meteor shower. Yeah. <laughs> right. Kind we, of. <laughs> we cut to Cass, who is standing in the um, the woods still. He's looking up and also sees the lights falling. We cut back to the boys. Dean says, no, Cass. Sam looks up and sees all the lights. He says, what's happening? Dean says, angels. They're falling. And credits. <laughs> Okay, so my my biggest thoughts, one of my most, uh, you know, I don't know, interesting thoughts, I think. Why is Big Butts (laughs) Dean's ringtone on Crowley's bone? (laughs) I don't know. That just seems fitting. Like, maybe he was just like, oh, you get this song, bitch. I know. Probably. Oh, yeah. for sure. But it was just kind of funny that it was like, that's the one that you pick? You know? Like, yeah. I out mean, of all the songs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. That is funny. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I could see it. He's a good looking guy. You know? Like, 
I want to call him like a big booty hoe. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is kind of a hoe. <laughs> well, there's, there's there, that, but, you know, <laughs> but as bad as it, you know, bigger than normal. It's a good butt, I think. I mean. I don't honestly know if I've paid that close of attention ever. I usually just get stuck on his face. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he is usually wearing, like, suits that kind of, like, cover his butt. But I still yeah. think we would know if he had, like, a giant... Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Somebody would have figured that out by now. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I just... I thought it was kind of funny that that was his ringtone. Mm-hmm. Um, And also, like, okay, Penny Markle in sixth grade, like... That is oddly specific. And like, what did he do? <laughs> I know, like, I feel like I feel like it would be like fine if it was like later, like in like in high school, that like you did something to this sixth girl. Sixth grade, you're but like, like sixth grade, like you can't do anything you're <laughs> to like anybody in sixth grade. Like, Eleven, yeah, like ten. Like, Something so we'll just all hope that it was not sexual. <laughs> yeah. It made it sound like it definitely was. What do we have left if it's not sexual? Some sort of physical violence? That's not okay. <laughs> no. So I suppose And he kinda like, seemed sexual. like pleased with himself once yeah. he figured out that it was him. So like, I mean, let's be real. That's true. You know. That's true. At least if they were both in sixth grade, then that would be a little bit more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it wasn't like she was in sixth grade and Dean was not. <laughs> Although he said, like, what you did to her in the sixth grade. So, like, that was, I'm sure you they know. were both in sixth grade. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm going to go with that's 11 years old. Like, what the hell are you doing <laughs> at 11 years old? You know, like. I have things to tell you when we are not podcasting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. I need to know the things. Because <laughs> was I a sheltered child? Yes. But also, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I just don't know. I just don't know anymore. But yeah, other than that, my only other thought is that Metatron is a rat bastard. <laughs> yes, he is. Like, I'm not really sure that he's justified in his rage. Like, he was... Okay, okay. What... Why did he... Okay. Okay. So, he said that he was, like, like exiled, basically. Yeah. Like he didn't say that word, but he said something along yeah. those lines. Like, he was kind of ran out a little but bit. But he told Sam and Dean earlier that he left. Yeah. Like, it was his decision because, to leave because yeah. I turned He was running. Around. You know, like, he yeah. was running away is basically what he said. So, like, yeah, they forced him to leave and the fact that they, like, kind of threatened him to where he felt like he had to leave, but they didn't actually force him to leave yeah you know they like, just like they like missed god and wanted to know like what like information from metatron basically about like what like god said well, and, like, metatron that, right? said that he was leaving because they were like brain picking people to like okay you know and he didn't like part. i think that's kind of what it was implied at least okay. for me that's kind of what i got out of it is like it was implied that she was like torturing people you know and so he was like i'm right out of here yeah okay so got it. yeah that's kind of what i got could that be wrong sure you know like <laughs> <laughs> at this point i don't even know <laughs> oh you're good but yeah so there's that. Do you have a favorite moment? 
Or do, do you want me to? <laughs> I just didn't even think about it. Okay. Um, okay, I'm just going to go with one that okay. I liked. I liked a lot of this episode quite a bit. Um, um, oh, no, I'm going to go with a different one. Okay. Um, I really liked Crowley being almost human and his little monologue that ended with him screaming that he deserved to be loved. Um, I thought yeah. that was um, a very cool place to take his character. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. um, acted brilliantly, mm-hmm. you know, like just all of it was amazing. I yeah. Thought. Like, I, I like that. I think that was just yeah. like his, his finest acting moment. In so the, far in the show, so yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, but I, also I one whole, of the yeah, he does yeah. you know awesome things later, you know, yeah. and yeah, you know, is of course a great actor, but it just um really stuck out for me, yeah, um that moment, yeah, yeah, I thought that was amazing. So. I do like that one too. Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite moment? Mine um was Castiel talking about the nurse role play <laughs> and me getting to like fangirl over Meg Steele for a second. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. I did not make that connection. Yeah. That's so interesting. I He's love like, it. Like, oh see, so, like, is this like would you be into this sort of thing? And it's mm-hmm. like is that because you're into this sort of yeah. thing? Yeah. You know, well, like I, if I what? remember if I remember correctly, he was looking at the newspaper while he was asking those questions, like reading ads for those specific, yeah, but fun things. I think to me, it sounded like from what I remember, granted, I could totally be remembering incorrectly because Hey, ADD, but he was like, kind of like reading the things and then was like, Oh, side note. Also this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hmm. <laughs> I, I think that's so cute. Are you having a vague moment? You know, yeah. like, okay. Aww. So, yeah, I liked that. I wish I could have a blue 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 Cast being sad about Meg being dead, or you know what I mean? Yeah, Not just anything, anything. It, yeah, he didn't mention it at all. No one's mentioned it to him at all, you know, that we've seen. I mean, so far, so. this is kind of like what he's mentioned about her, if this is to be taken that way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so I like just, a kind of oh, yeah, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, but anyway, um, so interesting facts, um, it says. Is this the right one? Okay. It says, Crowley calls Dean Squirrel. Um, Crowley always calls Sam Moose. Squirrel and Moose are references to the main characters from the 1960s TV cartoon, The Bullwinkle Show, from 1959. Wasn't it? I thought it was called Rocky and Bullwinkle. I thought it was, too. Maybe it, like, got rebooted years later. And oh, yeah. Had that name. I don't know. I don't know. And I think that was an interesting fact at some other point, too. But um, it says... Um, this is the first season finale to not feature Jim Beaver as Bobby Singer. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, I mean, he's been in all the his, bun- his his bunkyard, <laughs> his <laughs> junkyard. <laughs> What's a bunkyard? I don't know, but now I'm. Really... I like big bunks that I cannot like. <laughs> oh no! I got a bunkyard. <laughs> okay. oh no (sighs) okay Um, (laughs) Crowley says success has many fathers but failure is a Winchester 
Um, the actual, the, oh, good grief. The actual quotation ends with failure is an orphan, so Crowley is correct either way. Oh, rough! <laughs> you went there! That is uncalled for! Damn, Sarah. whoever wrote that is salty! <laughs> Wow. Jeez. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> it says, as Naomi is interrogating Metatron, he says, of the blessings set before you, you make or make your choice and be content. Um, he's quoting Samuel Johnson from the history of Rasselas, um, Prince of Abyss- Abyssinia. Abyssinia? That does not sound familiar to me. From 1759. <laughs> Okay. You know, kind of <laughs> fair, you know. Yeah, right. Um, it says, Crowley mentions the TV show Band of Brothers, um, which, uh, I just lost my place. Hold on. <laughs> Crowley mentions the TV show Band of Brothers and being injected with human blood, and Richard Spate Jr. Um, stars in seven episodes of Band of Brothers from 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, it says uh, the season one finale of Arrow from 2012 also aired on May 15th, um, 2013, and was uh, also titled Sacrifice. Um, therefore, the CW aired two shows with the same title back to back. That's weird. <laughs> I did not know that. Huh. <laughs> one right after the other. Um, it says, just before Sam sets Abaddon afire, he says, love the suit. Um, he's quoting Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs from 1991. Um, oh, I don't remember. I, well, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Like, I wouldn't remember lines from it. I'm... I feel like I've seen, like, little tiny bits of it like on tv and i always seem to see it when like it's clarice right that goes in to like question him or something like that and he's in his little like you know cell thing and he's like you know talking to her all creepy and you know Mm But that's the only thing I've really seen, I think. And then I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And so I would change it, you know. But at some point, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. You should definitely see it. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. definitely, like, I I know he's a cannibal. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it, you know. (laughs) Hannibal the cannibal. And he's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Um. I would actually recommend, if you are looking for a new show, um, watching the show, Cannibal. Like oh, there's it, a show? Yeah. Um, it's not that old. Um, maybe, like, five years, less than ten years, for mm-hmm. sure. And um, it's got um, Hugh Dancy, who is the main dude besides Cannibal Lecter. And um, he is, I think that actor is married to, like, Claire Danes. Yeah. Um, and then um, Hannibal Lecter is played by, I don't know if I'm saying his <laughs> name right, because um, I think that I think that it, it's from a different country, so maybe I'm saying it wrong, um, but like Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, I don't know. Michelson? Mads Michelson? I don't know. But he plays Hannibal Lecter, and I was like, nobody can be Hannibal Lecter except for Anthony Hopkins, you know, mm-hmm. like from the original movies. Yeah. Like, like it's just not yeah. right. Yeah. And um, <laughs> 
And but I would but someone um that I had worked with was like, Oh my god, you have to watch this. Like <laughs> it is like is crazy and fucked up, you know? Yeah. Like, that sounds great. Like Yeah. So like I watched it and like Okay. Yeah. And like like Hannibal is like he's a you meet him and he's a psychologist, uh-huh. like has his own business, you know, like huge office, uh, impeccably dressed uh-huh. on a very nice body, you know, <laughs> very nice face, like, like all of it is great. You know? Like I'm fine with it. And then it. he like goes home and starts like cooking up God knows who, and I'm just like, I'm like he's beautiful and he can cook. Like <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Maybe what he cooks could be altered, but you know, like it's a, he can do it. It's a great show. Like, <laughs> I recommend it. Yeah love it like there were all the actors and like creators are still like you know talking about like reviving it and mm-hmm. you know doing more and, and it's like, just called Hannibal. Hannibal. <laughs> it's called Hannibal I know Hannibal. I'm lying to you <laughs> let me just make sure that's the actual name of it because it's late and I haven't watched that or that movie that show in a couple years um but I'm going to find out. Yes, yeah, so good. You have to watch it. I've got a lot of shows that I'm currently trying to, like, keep up with that I am not keeping up with. <laughs> not at all. This only has, I, I think it's only three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it is called Hannibal. It started, like, 2013 to 2015. Can I get any more info? It is fucked up. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, a crazy fucked Who up Who aired show. it? Um, oh, will I find that information on the site? Um, yeah, I don't know. I will find out, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine something like that being on, like, the CW or anything. Oh, you know? no, like... it was not the CW, <laughs> for sure. Um, but I, um, I... Like, it's streaming, so... Yeah, um, oh, I mean, yeah. it doesn't really matter what it was on, Yeah. But that, I mean, that wouldn't be too hard to find it, even if you don't find it on, like, whoever's, you know, website or whatever they do now. I don't know. <laughs> whatever the kids do these days. Yeah, it, lo- <laughs> it looks like it was on NBC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um... So, the next one, it says, just before Abaddon appears in response to Crowley's distress call, um, he taunts Sam by, or Crowley taunts Sam by saying, how we doing, Moose? Ain't it about time for the next love injection? Um, then he proceeds to sing David's Bo- David Bowie's song, Changes. Um, however, the term love injection comes from Bowie's song, Underground, from Labyrinth, um, which is from 86, not Changes. Okay. Um, Abaddon is wearing a shirt that says the devil made me do it, which is ironic since, uh, Crowley summoned help and she came. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it says, um, as Dean is fighting with Crowley, he says, I can do this all day. Um, this is a repeated phrase by Steve Rogers slash Captain America in the MCU. I don't know what that means. Marvel um, something universe. Marvel comic, maybe universe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That would make sense to me. I should know. I've never questioned it. I hear it that phrase or like that term like every day, and I have never questioned. 
what C stands for. Yeah. yeah. I guess comic. That, that would make the most sense. sense. Yeah. I mean, eh. <laughs> um, and then it says Jensen Ackles auditioned for the role of Captain America. Which I didn't know that he did. I have heard. I thought it was Batman that he auditioned for. I have heard that that is true and that that that, that is not true. And that they actually wanted him for Hawkeye. Um, but he was like, no, I'm doing Supernatural. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what's true or not true. About yeah. That. yeah. Who knows? Maybe they just wanted him to audition for it. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, so our research <laughs> is kind of a, a goofy one today because... Why not? Um, and it's off of Ranker. Go figure. Yay! <laughs> um, and it's which fallen angel are you based off of your zodiac? <laughs> um, it says the fallen angels once stood at the right the right hand of God, but after the devastating topple from grace, the Lord cast them out of heaven. Although fallen angels are often grouped together, they, just like humans, each have distinctive personalities. They inflict dissimilar cruelties and have different hobbies. Um, some are into science or logic. Others enjoy po- poetry or the arts. <laughs> fallen, angels, <laughs> fallen angels are even into astrology. It's easy to draw parallels between our human existence and the eternal lives of fallen angels. Um, just as some demons seem fit to possess particular zodiac signs, some fallen angels share more qualities with certain signs than others. <laughs> you may just find that you have more in common with a fallen angel than you thought. <laughs> So Aries, which is March 21st through April 19th, is uh, Barbados, I'm guessing is how you say that. I'm not totally sure. Um, It says, Aries is known as one of the Zodiac's most determined signs. They're motivated and always aiming to come out on top, much like the fallen angel Barbados, who holds not just one prominent position in hell, but three. He's a great count, an earl, and a duke of hell. Wow. Um, Barbados also teaches all sciences and rules 30 legions of spirits. only an Aries can understand how this busy fallen angel t- finds time for so many responsibilities. Um, Taurus, which is April 20th through May 20th, is Seer. It's S-E-E-R-E. Okay. I'm going to go with Seer. Yeah. Um, it says, oh, my phone froze. I can't scroll. Oh, no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I'm going to try this again. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, I will. I got it. You got it? Okay. Ah, hell. You don't got it? No, no, no. It was fine. I just, I had a, like, a pop-up of a, um, uh, ad, so. Okay. Okay. It says, Tauruses are said to be concerned with the material world. This sign values beauty and indulges in life's finer things. That's why Tauruses can relate to the fallen angel seer. Uh, the always bougie seer appears as a handsome man riding a winged horse. Um, he's capable of finding hidden treasures and recovering belongings. Much like Tauruses, Seer focuses on material goods. Tauruses are known to be good friends who stick by their pals through thick and thin. Similarly, Seer is a notoriously good-natured demon, always willing to help the person who summons him. <laughs> huh. Sounds like a <clears throat> nice bloke. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, for a demon. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Nice as he can be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Gemini, which is May 21st through June 20th, is Dantanian. Um, it says Geminis are among the flightiest signs of the Zodiac. This is totally art. Eric's <laughs> sign, yeah. <laughs> uh, fittingly, they're represented by the twins, since they're often pulled in multiple directions. 
No fallen angel understands this better than Dantanian, who appears to his summoners with multiple faces. Geminis are often dubbed two-faced because of their indecision and occasional selfishness, so this many-faced angel's association with the sign is only logical. What's more, Dantanian carries a book in his hand. Geminis are known for being intellectuals who love to discuss whatever they're studying at that, at that moment, even if this pursuit changes frequently. <laughs> okay, did you say they were selfish? Is that what you said? Did it... Mm, occasional selfish selfishness, yes. Okay, I just want to put out there that Eric is not. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like a generic, you know, oh, yeah. thing. So it does not, in fact, describe everybody. <laughs> um, so it says Cancer, which is June 21st through July 22nd, <clears throat> is Gusian. G-U-S-I-O-N. Gussian. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it says, or Gussian, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to go with Gussian. That sounds better. Okay. Um, <laughs> no one picks up on the energy in a room like a cancer. Masters of intuition, cancers have special insights into their relationships in the world around them. That's why the fallen angel Gussian is a classic cancer. Gussian can see into the past, present, and future. He knows all and sees all. Gussian is also recognized for his ability to reconcile friendships, a task at which cancers excel. They have the emotional intelligence to see what's really going on, providing empathy and a fresh perspective to all parties. Wow. Um, that was, like, very pleasant. I know. <laughs> um, so it says Leo is July 23rd through August 22nd, and that's Orneus. Um, it says Leos are the life of the party. They're outgoing, fun, and passionate. Um, usually these qualities are wonderful, but all of that life and energy can become overwhelming. The fallen angel Orneus is considered annoying, <laughs> which is exactly what a Leo can become if you spend too much time with them. Yeesh. Um, it says Orneus can also shapeshift. He has appeared as a man, a winged creature from heaven, and a lion. Um, Leos are social butterflies who... Um, are accepted by a number of friend groups, they too can transform themselves to fit in with their surroundings. Um, Virgo, which is August 23rd through September 22nd, is... That's me! Boer? What'd you call me? Boer? <laughs> B-U-E-R? Um, Boer. Boer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> so Virgo, Virgo is the most logical sign, valuing order and practicality. That's why the fallen angel, Boer, <laughs> represents Virgo so well. Boer teaches natural and moral philo philosophy, blah, 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 logic, and herbal medicine. He's also a talented healer. Virgos, too, are known for wanting to heal their friends' emotional or physical pain. Huh. Um, <clears throat> Libra, which is September 23rd through October 22nd, is Ronov. Ronov? I'm going to go with Ronov. Um, <laughs> uh, it says Libra, represented by the scales, is the sign that always weighs both sides of an argument. They want to do what's fair and live a harmonious life. The fallen angel, Ronov, teaches rhetoric and languages, um, both of which are necessary for a healthy, balanced debate. <laughs> Ronov, much like a Libra, is capable of garnering favor among friends and foes. Uh, Libra's impartiality and willingness to listen makes them fair and even-keeled voice for those, who they, er, for those who they love, and even for those they're not as fond of. Um, Scorpio, which is October 23rd through November 21st, is... Uh, Anosculus, 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, it says, the most passionate and sensual sign of the Zodiac, Scorpios are known for their intense emotions and occasional mood swings. <laughs> no one can demonstrate mood swings more clearly than Anoskalis, um, who is known for seducing men and then asphyxiating them. <laughs> oh. Um, because even they don't understand their feelings, Scorpios are sometimes withholding. Similarly, Anoskalis makes her worshippers believe they'll receive gold, but she never gives them much of anything. Wow. Damn, that was drug under the bus. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, Sagittarius, which is November 22nd through December 21st, hey, <laughs> is Lahash, or Lahash? I don't know. Lahash. We'll go with it. Um, it says, Sagittarians are constantly on a quest for knowledge and adventure. They love immersing themselves in their interests and passions, but all this learning can make them see can make them seem like know-it-alls. That's where Sagittarius and the fallen angel Lahash or Lahash, whatever, are similar. <laughs> Lahash, I'm gonna say this different every single time. That's fine. Um, <laughs> attempted to thwart divine will by intercepting Moses's prayers before they could reach God. There are a few things uh, more Sagittarius than thinking you know even better than God Almighty. <laughs> I do not think that. <laughs> I know In that. fact, most times I think I don't know anything. <laughs> like, whatever, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> so it says, uh, Capricorn, December 22nd through January 19th is Amy. Um, Amy? A-M-Y, I'm going with Amy. <laughs> <laughs> That's or so... Or Ami, maybe. So mundane. I know. Like... I'm going to go with Ami. Maybe that's what they... Okay. Because that seems more like, you know, demon than Amy. Amy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This demon over here named Amy. <laughs> like, what? You know, like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so it says Capricorn is one of the hardest working signs of the Zodiac. Uh, when they set a goal for themselves, they achieve it. Ami is the fallen angel with the work ethic parallel to that of a Capricorn. Um, it says Ami is the greatest or the great president of hell. <laughs> He's well versed in astrology, but he didn't become an expert overnight. He probably studied extensively, such as the studious Capricorn would. What? <laughs> okay. How do you know that a demon studies? <laughs> uh, oh, ranker. Um, so Aquarius, which is January 20th through February 18th is Phoenix. I'm guessing, um, it says Aquarius is the rebel of the signs. They're known for their refusal to conform as well as, um, for their free spirited nature. Phoenix, the poet of hell has similar eccentricities. <laughs> He's a wonderful singer with the voice of a siren. He recites poetry and loves science. Ah, it skipped. Oh no. Okay. Um, okay, we're good. Um, unlike many other demons, he wishes to return to the seventh throne. Phoenix's focus is humanitarian and artistic, much like that of an, of Aquarians. Um, it says Pisces is February nineteenth through March twentieth is Pura. 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 We'll go with Pura. Um, the twelfth sign of the zodiac, Pisces, often lives in a dream world. <laughs> they have difficulty distinguishing reality from the narratives they've concocted in their heads. Similarly, the fallen angel Pura can navigate two worlds. He's involved in necromancy rituals that conjure those who have passed, um, bridging the underworld and the living world. Like Pisces, Pura is a little spacey. He is known as the prince of forgetfulness and oblivion. Like, 
how am I not a Pisces? <laughs> ADD, man. <laughs> um, he's capable of affecting the same qualities on humans who conjure him. <laughs> Just confuse the hell out of him. Yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> that's that. That's crazy. Um, what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? Okay, so this was like a month ago. <laughs> We've been like trying to write down things as they happen, so that way when we get stuck with like, I don't know what I did this week, then we have, you know, a backlog. Yeah, you know? there are weeks where nothing happens, you mm-hmm. know, so you gotta, you gotta write that or shit down. Or at least down nothing more than like, I stubbed my toe a bunch of times and it was frustrating, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is that kind of a stupid moment? <laughs> yes, but still, you know? <laughs> I was, um, it was, it was a night, um, early evening, I guess, and I took some, um, mucinex, uh, I don't remember why, except that I needed it for, what is mucinex for, like, your nose? Um, it's your like a decongestant. Okay, well, I took it because I was having issues with my face, and, <laughs> um, and, and that's fine, I took the normal dosage, like, I've taken it before, no, mm-hmm. no side effects from it, you know, whatever, yeah. um, and then, like, a couple hours later, um, getting ready for bed, I had a, an edible, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, the normal amount that I, <laughs> I normally take to help me go to sleep, and yeah, and everything was cool, you know, I, you know, read for a little bit before sleeping, mm-hmm. and whatever, go to sleep. Um, I wake up at about, I don't know, 1.30 or 2 in the morning, and um, I'm a little high, you know, mm-hmm. which makes sense, you know. hey, edible, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, no big deal. It wasn't, like, yeah. overwhelming or anything. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, Eric wasn't in bed with me yet, because so, he was still, you know, he was probably playing video games after work, you know. Yeah. And, you know, Killian was sleeping on the floor next to me, because he loves that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I was like, okay, like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I have to pee. So, yeah. so I go to the bathroom, and... I pee, everything's cool, I stand back up, I am washing my hands, I'm in the middle of washing my hands, when I start to get tunnel vision, and, like, <laughs> and I'm like, shit, like, yeah. it, it was the kind of tunnel vision where, like, like I'm going down, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I, I am either going to throw up, or pass out, mm-hmm. or possibly both, both. Yeah. yeah, and not the kind of throw up where, like, you prance to the toilet and hold your hair back and yeah, you know, like daintily throw up and there's no mess. But like, like the I'm in a projectile <laughs> right now. It was like pea soup. The kind of throw up where I like, you know, fall to the ground and throw up all over my hair. You know, yeah. like, I, was like, I was like, that's gonna happen. And I was like, I I don't want that to happen. Like, yeah. like I I much rather pass out. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, I, I need to make it to bed, but like I'm washing my hands, so I'm like, okay, like. I can do this, right? So uh-huh. I'm like hurrying to wash my hands. I'm uh-huh. like, you know, and I'm like, you're supposed to wash your hands for 20 seconds. Like, I'm like, fuck it. Like, yeah. like at that point, uh, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Like, like 10 seconds will have to do, right? So, yeah. I'm, like, so I'm like drying my hands off like as fast as I can. And then I'm like, wait, my throat is so dry. Like, I can barely exist. Like, I need, I need a drink of water, like, oh, right no. now. And I'm still, like, my vision is still, like, getting smaller. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, this is not okay, but, like, I need a drink of fucking water. Yeah. And there's, there's, like, a whole glass of water, like, right there. So I was, yeah. like, okay, like, like, five seconds, drink, you know? Yeah. So, 
I like I like chug and I like put it back down and then I run for my bed, <laughs> which is not far away. Yeah. You know, it's six feet at the yeah. most, right? Yeah. So I run for my bed and like I don't want to like get over to the side of the bed uh-huh. to get into bed because Killian is on the floor there. Yeah. You know, and so I I get to the, like the the base of my bed and I just like. I just jumped, like, arms out. Yeah, exactly. I Superman jumped onto my bed. I landed. My face hit my pillow. I passed out. (laughs) It's like, well, there goes that. Yeah, Yeah. it was crazy. And I I woke up in the morning and felt perfect. Yeah, I was just like, we good? Yeah. Yeah, It was a weird... So so don't don't mix marijuana and mucinex. (laughs) I don't remember Noted. ever, like, hearing or reading or anything that that was, like, a problem together, you know? So, Mucinex doesn't make you feel any kind of, like, high or anything either, you know? So No, <clears throat> but I could see, like, maybe how it would, like, make the weed to, like, not that the weed would affect the mucinex, maybe, but, like, the mucinex might affect the weed, you know, like, mm-hmm. and get you way too high to where you, like, get tunnel vision and dizzy and pass mm-hmm. out, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it must I be. don't know, you know, like, <laughs> it was crazy, I can't, I can't believe I made it, like, to my bed, yeah. I can't believe I, like, jumped from the bottom of my bed and managed to <laughs> go all the way to have my head land on the pillow, like, yeah, I am not tall. Like, I don't know how I did that, you know? Like, yeah, I did, like, yeah. a running jump, but, like, yeah. but still, I was, like, I, I expected to land halfway up my bed, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like. At least you made it on the bed, you know? I feel like partly, like, the dopest shit. Like, yeah, like I also feel like. I made it, bitch. <laughs> you know? like, I also feel like really fucking stupid that I got myself in that situation. Like, well, I mean, how are you supposed to know, though? You know, like. Yeah, I just. I, maybe. Maybe. Most people know. I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, but I don't, like, take mucinex often, and I don't. I don't really either, yeah. Do, like, the weed thing often, so. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there's no reason for me to mix them, really. Yeah, it was but. weird. <laughs> so what was your Hidget or Asset moment? So mine was just kind of, like, weird. Like, I can't, so this was, you know, in Vegas for my birthday. I decided one night that we we're going to go to this, like, mermaid bar thing, mm-hmm. right? Okay, fine. Because, like, you look it up on Google, and it looks like this big restaurant with this huge, like, tank, like, an aquarium type situation, and, like, there's mermaids swimming around, and they've got food and drinks and all that sort of stuff, right? Well, Mm -hmm. okay, so I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun, and we're all kind of like, oh, this could be cool, you know, and then we, like get to the hotel it's supposed to be at, which is not on the Strip, which apparently, you know, is a... That can be a thing. yeah, Yeah, it can be a thing, you know. And, like, we get there, and we're, like, okay, like, where is this, right? And, like, we, like, asked a somebody was working at the casino or whatever, and they're, like, oh, it's over there, you know, by this or whatever, you know. And so we're, like, okay. And, like, we walk over there, and we get there, and, like, there's literally this, like, cylinder, you know, of, like, an aquarium. Like, okay. it's not big, you know, <laughs> like, there is 
some fish in there and like a couple stingrays and like one mermaid just kind of floating around and every once in a while would like dive to the bottom and like get some air from the bottom and like swim around a little bit and then go to the top and float and like just kind of you know like whatever you know Uh like as you would do like how like are you just supposed to be like doing backflips in there the whole time like probably not you know so okay reasonable but puny right Mm -hmm. and turns out this place is not actually a restaurant it is in fact a lounge area in a casino (laughs) Okay. And so, like, there's no tables other than the bar, right? And so we sat there in, like, a circle kind of thing with, like, a coffee table, essentially, in front of us, which Mm -hmm. is not enough room for all of us to have plates of food. Sure, yeah. And, like, you know, so we're like, okay, you know, we order our food. There's not much, you know, but it is, like, there's not many options, but it's like, okay, it's kind of like a loungy situation. So, but they still have food, you know, and, like... One of my friends and her husband got, like, a pizza, right? Mm -hmm. And they're, like, they get it out, and it's, like, out well before the rest of our food. So they had, like, finished their pizza before we had even gotten our food. That's weird. And, like, none of us ordered anything too complicated. Yeah. You know? And they're, like, yeah, like, you can tell that this was frozen. Because, like, you know how, like, the cheese on frozen pizza, like... Mm -hmm doesn't quite melt all the way and it's not quite the same you know like Mm -hmm. which I mean nothing's wrong with frozen pizza I've eaten frozen pizza plenty of times that when you order pizza at a restaurant you expect like exactly actual actual, pizza you know and it's like okay and then like you know there was a couple burgers ordered and they were like you can tell that these were like frozen patties sort of thing Uh... and like I had like a turkey bacon sandwich thing that like was okay but very greasy Mm -hmm. like and just like nobody's food was good you know like most people didn't even finish their food and like a couple of them before they even like finished were kind of like I don't feel good you know and so like by the end of the night, nobody's feeling good. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And we were sitting in this, like, little weird, like, loungy area that we're like, okay, clearly this is just an area that people go to for, like, drinks. And, like, if they're drunk enough, we'll eat the food sort of thing. Yeah. And, like, off in the corner, there's a mermaid somewhere, you know? <laughs> like, that is so weird. And I was just like, but they advertise it. And, like, the pictures that they show are, like... I don't think they must, they must not even be of that place, you know, like, it must be of, like, a general, like, aquarium picture, because they made it seem like it was this big restaurant, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, so, like, that was kind of disappointing, because we're like, oh, this will be fun, and then we're gonna go out, you know, mm-hmm. to the bar afterwards, and then because everybody was feeling bad, like, there was a couple of them that, like, lasted for, like, an hour, and they went back to the house, and then, like, mm-hmm. you know, we, like, the rest of us kind of were like, you know, like went back to the house kind of early-ish because we're like, yeah, you know, like yeah. not feeling good, tired, like whatever. We'll just like head back to the house or whatever. And it was fine because we ended up going back and like just chatting for like three, four hours after that, you know, so it was fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely like I, I was a little bit disappointed because like you're advertising. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on par with what you actually had, <laughs> you know? 
I feel totally responsible for this. Why? Because when we were talking about your party, I was like, hey, I heard about a mermaid bar. Oh, like, let's, see, I don't remember and, that at and all. And then we, like, spent, like, it, it was, like, in a Zoom call, and oh. we, we spent, like, a bunch of time looking at it online. We, yeah, but I think part of that, too, was, like, I was just looking through a list of restaurants, and, mm-hmm. like, that was one of the ones that stood out, because, like, mermaid, that seems cool, you know? Yeah. like. So, like, honestly, I don't even remember you, like, recommending that at all. Like, I just okay. remember going through the list and, like, going, oh, this could be interesting, you know? So, but either way, like, not your fault. Like, that's 100% on them for, like, advertising totally incorrectly. Like, yeah, when they weird. say mermaid restaurant, you know, bar and lounge, like, why would you have the word restaurant in there if it's not an actual restaurant? Yeah, that's so, weird. Whatever. So it's fine. It was okay. Like, but like we all kind of got sick and it was like, Ugh. yeah. So, there's that. But that sucks. It was kind of they. They were kind of ass butts for uh, you know, advertising it in that way. And we were agents for not knowing any better. So it's you know, <laughs> fine. How can you know better? You know, like all you can go yeah. on is like you know what they give you, and you know? reviews and mm-hmm. you know like. And the reviews were like, oh, this place is cool or whatever. But it's like. But my guess is it's from people that, like, weren't expecting a restaurant. They were just expecting, like, a bar, you know? Yeah, right. Which, okay, fair. You know, like, Mm -hmm. if that was the case, then it would have been like, okay, that's a little different, you know? Mm -hmm. But, whatever. (laughs) (sighs) I'm sorry. Ah, Whatever. It is what it is. That, the lesson that I learned from all of this is, like, if it's not on the strip, it's probably not what they advertise. (laughs) Yeah. Because I've heard that from multiple people at this point. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, if it's off the strip, like, eh, maybe not. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I wish I would have known that before I went. But, eh, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are whatever. exceptions. but Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there are. But, huh. yeah, That's like, be so more wary of them and maybe do a little more research if it's not in, like, you know, a well-known, you know, strip hotel or something, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But, Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you. And just to remind y'all, it's going to be two weeks before we post our outtakes and then another two weeks before we start season nine. So just <laughs> we keep forgetting to say that at the end of know, our season we never do. and like we're just kind of like oh well hopefully people maybe might know by now like too late so here's our <laughs> PSA in case you're like why do they take so long in between seasons that's why <laughs> yeah we need a we need some time to catch up on our yeah and our like number of podcasts get more in the bank you yeah. know <laughs> right so but anyways thanks guys thank you